Welcome to Homegrown Conversations, a collaboration between KFSK and the Petersburg Public Library. I'm Kari Peterson, and today I'm talking with hunting and fishing enthusiast Paul Lutomsky about teaching children gun, hunting, and bear safety. Paul volunteers his time to the school to teach the Eddie Eagle Gun Safety Program, as well as the Bear Safety Program. After COVID passes, he hopes to become certified to teach hunter safety as well. Welcome, Paul. Thanks for having me. Good afternoon. Yes, I'm so glad you're here. Um, so what is the Eddie Eagle program that you teach at the school? you want to tell us about that? Sure. So the Eddie Eagle program is um, it's the gun accident prevention program. So it's not um, a program where you're getting kids into guns or that you're um, against guns or anything like that. It's just strictly what to do if a child finds a gun in a home, uh, whether it be at the home they live in or a home they're visiting, you know, an aunt and uncle, grandparent, friend's house. Uh, it was something that it was interesting to me. So I started looking for programs out there um, when our kids were young and started going to more friends' houses and things like that where there was a potential that they would um, find a gun. So... Yes, and there's lots of guns in this community, and I know in our house it's been an issue where I've always wanted the guns locked up. Um, but this is a great program because it teaches kids what to do if they inadvertently find a gun. Right. It's like, um, it's for helping parents, law enforcement, community groups, and educators um, what to do if a kid comes across a gun in a home inadvertently, like we said. Um, in a number of different places and it could even be outside the home too at a playground or something um it's kind of like stop drop and roll it's just teaching them what to do if that happens if they come in contact with the gun um so the and the four things that the eddie eagle program teaches the main things that they they hit on are stop don't touch run away until a grown-up um the program is available for pre-k all the way up to fourth grade i believe um, but in our school, I've been doing it in the, instead of in elementary, I've been doing it from K to three is what the, the school is interested in. So it's been about eight years that I've been doing that. Um, I felt like it was a good program. Kids are curious, you know, they're not necessarily looking to get into trouble, but, um, that's how accidents happen. So it's a good program and the kids have been really open to it. The teachers have been open to it and, uh, I'm hoping that if they ever come across something like that, that they remember um, the class that we had. Yeah. I, yes, I remember my son coming home from school talking about this and um, he learned a lot and I was really impressed. Good. That's good to hear. Um, what are the basics we should teach children about gun and hunting safety? Um, so again, not to confuse the two, but Eddie Eagle is um, just what happens if a child comes across a gun inadvertently where um, when I talk about Hunter Ed in this interview, um, I also want to stress that it could be non-hunter. You know, there's kids out there who just want to get um, into marksmanship, whether it be rifle or shotgun. And um, the Hunter Ed that we're talking about would be beneficial to both those kids that are not hunting and the kids who are hunting. So um, I wanted to clarify that for the discussion. But, um, 
The basics that I like to touch on are the number one thing is muzzle discipline. Um, you know, when I was growing up, they talked about it, but a lot of times they would emphasize pointing the weapon down at the ground or pointing it up in the air. But it shouldn't be either of those two things. It, it could be anywhere. Um, muzzle discipline means you point it in a safe direction. So that safe direction could be um, a lot of different places. So muzzle discipline would probably be the number one thing that I would um, tell a child first when they're handling a gun. This is after you familiarize them with the gun <clears throat> before shooting it at all. Uh, you'd also want to talk to them about keeping their finger off the trigger until they're ready to shoot. Um, using their safety appropriately when they're not shooting the safeties on and then taking the safety on right before they're going to shoot. Um, excuse me, taking it off. Okay. Taking their action to make sure that the firearm is unloaded when they're not um, ready to shoot and that the magazine is empty. And then not just knowing their target, but knowing what's beyond their target. So, you know, bullets, they can ricochet off to the side. They can ricochet back toward you and, um, they can go through what you're intending to shoot and then hit something behind it. So you want to make, you want to take those things into consideration um, as someone who's helping a child to shoot for the first time and uh, make sure they know kind of the, the limits of the firearm that they're shooting. Okay. So really it sounds to me like it, um, gun safety comes down to like really good habits. Right. Um, and also with Hunter Ed, again, um, this could even be applied to the kids who aren't actually hunting, but there's more to it than just being safe with a firearm. Um, I feel like it's bringing children up for lots of different reasons um, on how they're going to interact. You know, it's, it's also about teaching conservation, about good sportsmanship being good stewards of the land and cleaning up trash, whether it's yours or something that you found um, that somebody else left, not using alcohol or drugs. They definitely don't mix with firearms. Um, things like talking to a landowner. Um, when I was a kid, there was more private land than there is around here. And I was fortunate that the landowners um, near my parents' house were open to me hunting and fishing and trapping on their land. And I, I feel like it really gives kids um, a sense of maturity if they can go to the landowner, tell them their intent, um, and they're um, willing to make that step and talk to an adult. And the adult more than likely is going to allow them to. Um, so that's a big one. And then taking the course with them. If, if you are going to enroll your child in a hunter education class, it's a not a bad thing to do it with them. Not only does that show them that it's something that you support, but it's a good reminder for you as an adult too. Uh, I had a friend who needed to take an archery course. He got into archery after we met and I didn't need to take the course, but I took it anyway because it was a friend of mine and it was a Saturday and uh, it was just kind of a fun way to, to spend the afternoon with a friend. And like I said, good reminders for things too, that I may have forgotten. Um, yeah, and I find that when I take courses like that with my child, um, it helps me to know the vocabulary and what's been talked about so that I can have those conversations with my kid. Sure. Um, that I find that that's like invaluable to me as a parent mm -hmm. to be on the same page. 
Yeah, and to show them that um, that you're willing to go to it, it shows them to me, I feel like that it's important. It's not just you saying, yeah, there's this requirement that you have to do, but it's important enough for you to take some of your time away and um, show them that that's an important class that you support. And like you said, it's a great way to know all the vocabulary and the terms and what's expected of them. Yeah, so when is hunter safety usually held in our community? Uh, I haven't I haven't been an instructor in any of them. I was asked to, and then um, there were some delays with COVID. So I believe typically it's in the summer. My son did it uh, two summers ago now, I believe around July. But uh, it can change, and I think it also depends on the number of kids who are interested in it, you know. Since we have a small community, it's not like they can do one once a month and have enough kids to really make it worthwhile um, with the number of instructors and schedules. So I think it's um, kind of based on how much interest there is, but at least once a year. Okay. And usually in the summer. Yep. That's what it's been in the past is in the summertime. So are there any resources out there about gun or hunter hunter safety that you'd recommend to parents? Yeah, so um, Eddie Eagle that we initially started talking about, they have a website. It's uh, eddieeagle.nra.org, which is E-D-D-I-E-E-A-G-L-E dot N-R-A dot O-R-G. Um, and that's the program we talked about where um, your kids could stumble upon a gun inadvertently and what to do if that happens. Um, they have lots of different resources as far as booklets and stickers and coins, and they have a DVD, um, and it's all free. The main thing I would stress is that if people do um, call them, once you go to the website, there's a phone number. If you call them, just be patient and allow yourself plenty of time before you think you want the materials because it is all volunteers. So sometimes you'll call and you won't get through to anybody and that might happen for several times before you get through. So just plan ahead and um, give yourself plenty of time and be patient is all I would say there. As far as the hunter ed and like I was saying before, even non-hunters, if they're going to take any courses, there's courses that you can take throughout the country and they're recognized, some of them state to state. Um, For Alaska, it's adfg.org. A-L-A-S-K-A dot gov. Um, And Alaska calls, there's the HIT program, which stands for Hunter Information Training. And just a few of those classes are the basic hunter ed. And then there's bow hunter ed, there's muzzleloader ed, there's a crossbow ed. And there's even more than that, but those are the the four main ones, I would say. Um, And there's a lot of other information too on there as far as... um, uh, animal identification and habitats and all kinds of things on fishing games website. Oh, nice. And so for anybody listening, um, we do archive this radio show as a podcast on the library's website at um, www.psglib.org. And there'll also be a link on KFSK's website, but we archive it as a podcast on our site. And in the description to the podcast will be all the links that Paul gave to get today. So you can find them real easy. 
If you are just joining us, this is Homegrown Conversations, a collaboration between KFSK and the Petersburg Public Library. I'm Kari Peterson, and today I'm talking with hunting and fishing enthusiast Paul Lutomsky about teaching children gun hunting and bear safety. Paul volunteers his time to the school to teach the Eddie Eagle gun safety program as well as a bear safety program. After COVID passes, he hopes to become certified to teach hunter safety as well. Um, and now back to our conversation with Paul. So um, you've also spent some time teaching about bear safety at the schools. Can you tell us about that? Sure. So um, when my older son was in first grade, um, some of the teachers asked me about a bear class, and I've been doing that ever since. So it's been about seven years now. Um, first grade, for those who don't know, they really focus a lot on bears. That's kind of their animal that they focus on for first grade. So um, I go into first grade and every year, and it's usually in January, we try to, that's the month that they really focus on it even more so. And the reason so is because um, that's roughly when bears are giving birth to cubs in the den. So uh, I get a hold of fish and game ahead of time and I bring in some hides and skulls that they lend me. Um, and we go from there, we lay out the hides and the skulls and they're kind of in the back of the room. And then we start off the conversation asking the kids what they know about bears. And um, we talk about being bear aware. So if you're out camping or if you're hunting or if you're fishing or just outdoors in general, what to do if you see a bear, um, especially as they're closer. And then what you can do in your camp to keep bears from coming in and giving you problems like keeping a clean camp, um, don't leave your dog tied up and um, leave the area when you're hiking, keeping your dog on a leash, um, especially if you know there's bears to be in the area. Um, and then we talk about that a little bit and I ask them a lot about the senses of the bears. And that's really fun because then when we turn it over to um, the hands-on with the hides and the skulls, you know, you can pick up a skull and you can ask them what they think is the bear's best sense. And they can kind of see, you know, all the different parts of the skull and then kind of come up to a conclusion on why that might be. And the, the skulls are always fun because, you know, the, most of the kids know that their sense of smell is their best sense. And then you can physically see all like the sinus cavities in the skulls um, and how much bigger that is in comparison to our nose. So um, there's that, and then we have the skulls, and of course, all the kids like to pet the, or excuse me, the hides, and the kids like to pet them, and they really like checking out the claws that are on them. So we have some really good um, black bear and brown bear hides and skulls that Fish and Game lends us. Some of them are um, a little more well-loved than others. I think the older black bear that we've been using for a while has, has quite a few bald spots on it. <laughs> um, but it's good. The kids get that hands-on experience and they get to check it out and they always have lots of great questions is what we try to emphasize. Um, but as myself and the teachers know that a lot of times those questions turn into stories. So we have to kind of cut them off in that sense. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, they really enjoy it. And then I get a stack of um, letters afterwards thanking me. So it's, it's great. It's been a lot of fun. Nice. So are you only doing that in the first grade then? 
Yeah, it's just first grade that we've been doing that. Okay, because I remember my son coming home and telling me all about the things he learned about bears, and he was so impressed. (laughs) And I think the thing he was most impressed about was um, that you don't need to run away if you see a bear. You can watch and see what happens. And right. you slowly back away. <laughs> yeah, you don't want to run. That's that's what you don't want to do because that triggers that chase instinct. Yeah. So can you talk a little bit about um, just the basics of what you teach? I know you went over a little bit, but can can you give us that, you know, what you tell them, like, not not running away. And I will say my son used this recently too. And, and um, I kind of wanted to come back to that. What you just said about if you have a dog, keep it on a leash Mm -hmm. Um, with all the bears in the neighborhood, we have, you know, the bears been getting in well, trying, it hasn't gotten in there, but it's been trying to get into the garbage and wrestling with it. But um, ours is bungeed shut but my son has had a couple interactions with the bear in the neighborhood, but they're always walking the dog. Mm-hmm. And so when you say that, keep the dog on the leash, is that because the dog will chase the bear? Um, yeah, that's, you know, what I, I haven't personally had a dog run after a bear and come back, but maybe that's because we tend to keep our dog closer even if she's off leash and then if we do see something then we would put her on the leash so yeah I've heard stories of um, people having dogs and then the dog you know runs off and does its thing and might smell a bear and then find it and then when it runs back to you again that triggers that chase instinct so instead of maybe thinking that the dog's going to chase the bear away instead of the dog runs back to its owner and behind it he has a bear following him so That's one of the reasons we talk about keeping a dog on leash so it doesn't chase the bear initially and then decide it wants to run away and then the bear chases it back to the owner. Okay. Um, So what are some of the other basic things that you teach the children? uh, So we talk about, again, when they're in camp, keeping a clean camp, um, not just their garbage itself, but the food that they're cooking and try and dispose of any of the food in the fire. So those Um, smells don't linger not cooking inside your tent would be a big one Um, separating the food that you're storing from the tent itself and trying to have it in a container that's bear proof Um, maybe even locked up inside a vehicle again keeping those smells down putting it up into a tree if you're remote camping in a bear proof container is also good and then we talk about when you're hiking you know making noise traveling in groups having a whistle or a bell, singing songs. Um, Those are all kind of real basic bear aware type things. Uh, If you're fishing, we've talked about kids landing their fish really quick instead of letting it splash for a long time and drawing attention to them. And then if they do have a bear in the area when they have a fish on, the best thing to do is release the fish as quick as you can. And even if that means cutting the line. To get the oh, fish so in. you shouldn't bring the fish in. I didn't know that if you if there's a bear in the area. Yeah, if it's close by and, you know, the fish is flopping around a lot, again, that's going to trigger that instinct of the bear. It already knows what that sound is. It's going to trigger them to want to check it out and see what it is. So okay. you should just 
cut the line if you can, let the fish go if that's easier, and uh, move on to a different spot. Oh. So you're not teaching the bears that that bad habit of being comfortable around people. Okay, that all sounds great. I um, I I love that how calm my kid was about learning it all. And he wasn't freaked out. It was very different from my experience of learning about bear, bear safety. Um, yeah, and talking to him is a big one. You know, we've taught kids that too. Um, not just to not run, but to stand up, you know, wave your arms, make sure that the bear knows you're there and talk to him in a not a passive voice, not a whisper, and not shouting at him either. Just, you know, an assertive voice to let him know what you are. Because um, who knows, maybe it's dark, the bear can't see you that well. Maybe there's something distorting your view. Um, the wind might be blowing the opposite way where he can't smell you. So the more you can do to make it known that you're a person and to take the guesswork out of it for the bear, the, the more that's going to help you. Okay, nice. Well, any, um, any last thoughts you'd like to add? Um, any of these programs? I, yeah, I would just encourage people to, as far as bears go, to listen to what's being put out recently in the radio. There's lots of great things out there from Fish and Game. Um, and probably the biggest thing we could do as a community is um, just start early. You know, this time of year, the bears are really trying to pack on the last calories that they can if there's food out there that's still available they're gonna capitalize on it so um, I would say we probably should try and get the word out more in like July um, before it becomes an issue of the bears coming into town to help people out and as far as the firearms and the hunter ed goes that's something I'm really passionate about Um, it's a great activity if you want to get your kids involved in shooting whether it be rifle or shotgun like we talked about Um, but they need to be safe otherwise it's not going to be a fun experience for them and to know that the adult that's helping them supports that and then the eddie eagle program again it's it's a great program it's real basic just telling your kids stop don't touch run away tell a grown-up and uh, to encourage them to come to you and not to be curious and check it out or try and fix things on their own because that's when they have an accident Okay. Well, thank you. Thank you for joining us today. Um, Thanks for having me. And I'm so glad that you, um, thank you for volunteering your time to teach all of that. I have found that with my own kid, it's been a great experience and he's learned a lot and it's really stuck with him, um, which has been great to see. Thank you. That's really good to hear. Thank you for joining us today. This has been Homegrown Conversations, a collaboration between KFSK and the Petersburg Public Library. Today's show will be archived as a podcast on the library's website at www.psglib.org. There will also be a link to the library's website at kfsk.org. Any resources discussed during the show will be listed in the podcast description so you can easily um, get those links. Thank you to KFSK and the Friends of Petersburg Libraries for making today's show possible.